tonight to talk specifically about more of the Holy Spirit. Say it with me, more. Say it a little louder. More of the Holy Spirit. And I want to kind of talk about the Holy Spirit tonight. I want to do a little teaching here. I hope you'll take uh, some notes on your phone or pad or something, and let's uh, get right into it. Our Father, we thank you tonight that we have all come hungry and thirsty. We all individually need a word from the Lord. So ignite a fire in my soul. Give me the words to say and let no one leave the way they came in. Start a new something here tonight. On this night, the 22nd of May, 2019. And we asked you in Jesus' name, and everyone said. Amen. The Holy Spirit, as we all know, is a person. And the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. When we open our Bibles, right away we're hit at verse 2 and introduced to the Holy Spirit. Because the Bible says that the Holy Spirit was hovering over the face of the waters. Sometimes in the Bible, the Holy Spirit is referred to as the Spirit of God, sometimes as the Spirit of Christ. We know that in the Old Testament, there are the constant references to the Holy Spirit. And in fact, there are 81 different references to the Holy Spirit. And as you see, the Holy Spirit would come down upon a person and that person would be ignited to do something great. In Judges chapter 15, verse 14, the Bible says the Spirit of the Lord came down upon Samson and after that he was able to defeat all of the Philistines in Judges chapter 11, verse 29, we find that Jephthah, the spirit of, of the Lord, came upon him. He had the power to put together an army, and they defeated the Amorites. So it seemed that almost indiscriminately, when God wanted to do something extraordinary with a person, the, the Spirit of God would come down upon them. And so what we're talking about is not something that is just there. It's something that we recognize even in the Old Testament, that when the Spirit came down, you just didn't enjoy the Spirit or say, man, I got touched. Now the Spirit was to do something. It was to ignite something. It was put a fire in us. It's to take normal people, nice people, godly people that are going to heaven and get them to be touched by the Spirit of God. And tonight I'm not sure any of us including myself, although I've learned about the scriptures, but I don't think I really know about the Holy Spirit as far as action and what the Holy Spirit wants to do with us. Someone say amen. amen. Come on, again, someone say amen. amen. Turn to somebody. Let's see, everybody's alive. No one go to sleep tonight, okay? Everybody here. Come on, come on, let's get fired up. Now, it's interesting, when we slip into the New Testament, 
that Jesus becomes the person that really introduces us to the Holy Spirit. In Matthew chapter three, verse 16 and 17, and when Jesus was baptized in water, immediately he went up from the water and behold, the heavens were open to him. Thank God for an open heaven. The heavens were open. There's something right there about an open heaven and the Holy Spirit because he says the heavens were open to him and he saw the Spirit, John the Baptist, descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Here we have Jesus. The heavens open up. The Holy Spirit comes upon him. And then, that would be interesting if you were there and heard this sound from heaven. And he says, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. And now Jesus, Jesus now begins his ministry at age 30, 30's ministry. At age 30, singles 30 ministry. The right time to get moving. And the Bible says that what he does, he relies on the Father, but the Holy Spirit is working in and through him all the time. And the Holy Spirit working through Jesus. So our model in the Bible is Jesus and seeing what he did as the Holy Spirit baptism had come upon him. He modeled what it looked like to be full of the Holy Spirit. Don't you wanna model what it's like to be full of the Holy Spirit? Hallelujah. I tell you, when you're full of the Holy Spirit, your face looks different. Looks like you've had a lift. You've had a flare. Hallelujah. Full. Say it with me. Full of the Holy Spirit. Say it again. Full of the Holy Spirit. Say it again louder. Full and he had the Holy Spirit without measure. And while Jesus was on earth, he didn't talk a lot about the Holy Spirit, but he lived full of the Holy Spirit. Now it's interesting when, and I love to see what the Bible says, it's interesting that he comes to the end of his life and here, John chapter 14, 15, 16, you're getting right into the end of his life. And he begins to, you can think of all the things that Jesus could talk about during that week. One of the things that was foremost on his mind was telling his leaders about the Holy Spirit and what was about to happen. And so in John chapter 14, verse number 16, the Bible says, this is Jesus, and why don't we read these two verses together? Everybody here? Read it aloud. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, 
even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You will know him. Now the disciples had been with Jesus, but the Holy Spirit was not in them. And Jesus says, after a while, you're going to not only be exposed to the Holy Spirit through him, but you are going to have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. Verse 26, same chapter, and the helper. And it's interesting here, this word is parakletos. And I like this translation, helper, because it actually means in the Greek, parakletos, say that, parakletos. It actually means called to the side of for the purpose of helping. So the parakletos, parakletos, guys, the parakletos is going to come and the parakletos will be your helper. Other translations say advocate, comforter, the truest meaning, he is our helper. Hallelujah. How many need a lot of help? I got both hands up. And he says here in verse number 26, the helper, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you. And that's what he's doing right now. The Holy Spirit teaches us because we're not here for a lecture in our minds. The Holy Spirit teaches us and that's what he said would happen later on. The Holy Spirit will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Whatever you've forgotten, whatever memory slip you have, whatever's happening to your mind, the Holy Spirit will bring things back that you knew at one time. Aren't you glad he's, he brings back? How many need the Holy Spirit to bring stuff back to your mind so you know what you're to know? Hallelujah. So the Holy Spirit now, and there are other times here in these verses, chapters, he's talking about the Holy Spirit. Now, it's interesting that... Jesus dies on the cross and then the night of the resurrection, all of a sudden, this would be cool, all the disciples are wondering what happened. Where, where is Jesus? And the Bible says in verse 22 of John 20, it says, he appeared to them, and then it says, and when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive, say it with me, receive the Holy Spirit. So they had heard about the Holy Spirit coming, but now on resurrection night, Jesus literally, with all of his guys there, the Bible says, he literally breathes on him, and the Spirit is like wind, breath. This is incredible. And when he breathed on them, the Holy Spirit took up residence in them, and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit was present inside of them, inside. See, the Holy Spirit wants to be inside wants to be inside of us because he can do something when he's inside of us and also upon us. 
Everybody's still here tonight. Now, that's resurrection night. You'll remember from studying the scriptures. So Jesus is resurrected and he starts showing up different places. In his resurrected body, he shows up. And he shows up to the disciples and Mary and Magdalene and shows up to the 500. But it's interesting, before the ascension back to the Father, in Acts chapter 1, he shows up, and, and it's interesting, he's constantly showing up to his leaders. Because if you can get leaders straight, you can have a move of God. If you can get a father and mother in the house fired up, don't worry about the kids. So when you get a, lead, a leader stoked, is that right word? When you get them stoked, whatever that means, you get them fired up. Because they're leaders, they won't be silent. So Jesus stops during the 40 days and he shows up to these guys in Acts 1, verse 3. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking. He is teaching them, giving sermons about the kingdom of God. And while, verse 4, and while staying with them, he ordered them. You ever have Jesus order you to do something? It's not a suggestion. Like, you know, would you, sometimes he orders you. He says, I told you, you better, you better. He ordered them, while staying with them, he ordered them, saying that he ordered them, commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which he said you heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with, or in the Greek here, in the Holy Spirit, not many days from now. So Jesus makes a comparison here. And this is interesting because he makes the comparison to water baptism. He says, John baptized in water. You'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And when you're baptized with, with water, you are immersed in the water. In Baltimore, we say water. The water, the word is water, I think. When they are baptized in water, how many have been baptized in water? We have baptism every service. You are immersed in the water. You got to go all the way down. And when we're baptized in the Holy Spirit, we have to go all the way under so the Holy Spirit immerses us, 360, hallelujah. And he says, that's all right, 360. And he says here, you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now, these, listen to this, these are the same guys who the Holy Spirit, where he had, he had breathed on them the Holy Spirit, right? So they had the Holy Spirit in them, but now they needed a baptism. There is a clarity in the scripture that we are born again by the Spirit. We are saved and the Holy Spirit comes within us. But then we need 
to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and have a personal Pentecost where the fire of the Spirit ignites us specifically to go out. Baptism is not for our own personal consumption. I have known people that get in rooms and they do all that and they go from revival to revival to revival. The baptism of the Spirit purpose is to have those meetings and then go out and establish the kingdom of God. And in 1 John 3, 8, Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. And now we are called to go out and be his agent and destroy, not mediate. <clears throat> mediate. <clears throat> we are called to destroy <clears throat> the works of the devil. <clears throat> now, notice what he says here, <clears throat> verse 8. Words of Jesus. But you, these guys, will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. What we need, what you need more, <clears throat> what I need more is power. We have beautiful churches, we have beautiful lights, and we got 300,000 churches approximately in America. But what we don't have on a grand scale is what he's talking about right here. We don't have the power. Can you say amen? amen? So tonight, we need an injection, a transfusion, and an igniting where we have the power. We not only talk, we act. We not only preach sermons, we demonstrate. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 4, he said, I didn't come to you with a good talk. I didn't come to you because I was slick and cool. He said, I came in the demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit. I came to demonstrate. I like what he says, but in demonstration of the Spirit and power, so that your faith may not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Nice words. Don't change the world. Rhetoric doesn't change the world. Just talking scripture doesn't change the world. But when you combine the scriptures and the anointing, and you've been baptized with fire, and you have the power of the Holy Spirit operating in you, you are ready to go out. And the Bible says that these signs, in Mark 16, these signs will accompany those who believe. They will begin to cast out demons. They will begin to take authority over their circumstances. We have nursed the devil long enough. We have been friends with him long enough. He has battered us long enough. We have been victims long enough. We have acted as though he is bigger than we are. And tonight we are saying in the name of Jesus that we have been anointed by the Holy Spirit. We have been empowered by the Holy Spirit. And we are taking, we are taking back what the devil has stolen from us tonight. You may be here weak, it doesn't matter. You may be here and all hell has surrounded you. You may have a hundred enemies gonna face you when you come out of here tonight. You have to stand up and I've gotta stand up and we've got to have a revival in this church. Crowds don't change the world. You can have a million in a stadium, and if there's no power to go out and conquer the demons of hell, it is not a threat to any of the principalities in power. But you let a, you let a father, you let a mother get filled with the Holy Spirit. And she may be a single mother, you may be a single father. And you stand up and you begin to take authority. Like my mother, we would have things happen in our house. 
my mother and dad, they would begin to, they scared the life out of me. They'd walk around that house. They begin to pray in the spirit, pray in tongues, and they come again. My father would say, in the name of Jesus, I come. I mean, he scared me. I don't know what he did to the devil. <laughs> I grew up in a family that was Pentecostal. They believed in prayer. They didn't believe in just nice little nursery rhymes. They believed that you needed to have something happen when you came together, that there needed to be the power of the Holy Spirit. And when Jesus introduces this baptism, he begins with what it is about. And don't forget what it is about. It's not about emotions. Hopefully our emotions will get with us. No place does it talk about your emotions. But I'll tell you, when you get to the power of moving, your emotions will get behind it and you will be a killer for him. I'm asking tonight. I'm asking tonight. I'm asking tonight that God does something to me. I'm asking tonight God does something with you. I don't know whether your hunger level is high or low or you haven't checked it lately. But I'm believing we cannot have services. Jesus is coming soon. Someone just came to me and said, we're sending troops to the Middle East. We got our ships over there. We could be war in war in the Middle East. This world is full of turmoil and we are in, living in the last days and we cannot live as though everything is normal. We have to rise up in the name of Jesus. And we've got to be Pentecostal. We've got to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And you've got to get another kick in you. you, you you've been saved a long time. You need the fire. You need to come with a fresh anointing tonight. And we're going to lay hands on people tonight in the name of Jesus. So Jesus said, he said, but you, he said, but you, you will receive power, dunamis, dunamis. Greatest need in this church is dunamis. I'm believing for miracles when we lay hands on people, we're not doing that and going home and everybody goes home the way they came. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. We're not having it around here. You're with your small group in a living room or wherever you are and you pray, that place is gonna shake in the name of Jesus. What he is saying here on these verses, he's saying there's more. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. Wait for the promise of the Father. Hallelujah. We gotta shake down the gates of hell in our, in our city. Gotta believe that we are here not to be here. Only we're here to be there. And when you leave here and you go to the gym, and I know everybody here goes to the gym. <laughs> A lot of laughter over here in the 30s. When you go out and I go out, we're just not going out to go out. We're out to touch people because we have the power of the Holy Spirit and we can make a difference in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Let this verse penetrate your heart, but you will receive power. There's one baptism and many fillings. There's one baptism and many fillings. We fill up our cars with fuel, most of us once a week or more. And every time we fill up our car, we need to think, am I filling, am I filling this up? People come to service every now and then. Can they be filled? Pretty hard. Sure they can. 
A lot easier to get around people who are filled. Because you get in this worship we just had, their filling comes off on you. That filling is something that we all affect each other. And when the filling happens, the power begins to flow. The power is on. Let's turn the power on tonight in Jesus' name. Matthew 10, 8 says that we are to heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with lepros leprosy, cast out demons, give as, give as freely as you have received. Bible says they will place their hands on the sick and they will be healed. In the name of Jesus, I declare over our church signs and wonders and miracles and the power of the Holy Spirit coming. And this was fulfilled in Acts chapter two, verse four, it says, they were all, read it with me, verse four, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Notice, the Bible says they were all filled. The filling comes within. There was something, we're not only filled with food, some of us are good at that, but we are filled in our spirits with the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says, they began to speak because John 7, 37 likens this experience that out of our innermost being will flow rivers of water. So what happens is we have this thing called glossolalia or speaking in tongues that we can't even understand intellectually, but it is this language where we begin to use that for prayer and praise in our private lives. I come, I spend most of my life on the interstate. We live out far, too far, and it affords me time to pray in the Spirit more. And when I leave Lake Mary, I have a certain point, and I said, okay, traffic's everywhere. Praise God. First thing I do in the morning is check my Bible and the GPS. And traffic is everywhere. And I begin to pray in the Spirit. And then I know I can't pray in the Spirit, so I ask the Holy Spirit to help me pray. And as I pray in the Spirit, I feel the presence of God. And the Bible says that we pray in the Spirit in Jude 1.20, building up ourselves in our most holy faith. I don't understand glossolalia. I do know that we build ourselves up and we can use that in praise and prayer. Would you stand up, please? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Our Father, thank you for sending Jesus who modeled the Holy Spirit to us. Thank you for the Holy Spirit to those of us who know Jesus that lives in us. I pray tonight, Lord, all over this room that you would come and you would just flow through us. Do what none of us can do tonight. come in this room. Take the person that is the most discouraged and just pour into them. He said, it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. Lord, church and the sun needs desperately a move of your spirit. We're going to begin to sing this song.
want to open the altars if you want to be baptized in the Spirit or you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You can do it wherever you are. You can just come here, whatever the Spirit leads you. But I want us just to lift our hearts and our hands. You come if you feel directed by the Holy Spirit. Blow, sing it together, everyone. Sing it. Mighty breath of God. Empowering grace. Mighty breath of God.
Holy Spirit, you're welcome there. Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. You're the
tonight someone is here and you have severe healing, might be deaf in an ear, but since people are going to be healed, their ears are going to open up. And I speak right now in the name of Jesus that your ears open up, your hearing comes back in the name of Jesus. I come against the spirit of deafness in the name of Jesus. I command you to let go of those ears in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I feel tonight that there are people here tonight that have a spirit of fear. And we're going to renounce. There's fear, and then the Bible says there's a spirit of fear. And it is evil and it's demonic. I'm gonna have us all to say this prayer, and I'm gonna believe that wherever the spirit of fear is in someone's heart, that thing is gonna leave right now. In the name of Jesus. The Bible says, for God has not given to us the spirit of fear. In the name of Jesus. Let's Say this together. Jesus, Jesus tonight, I tonight I declare, fear is broken in my life. I come against the spirit of fear. I command you to leave. In the name of Jesus, go. Now let's thank the Lord for that spirit leaving in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, let's praise God for the Spirit leaving. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Miracles in every meeting here. The deaf hear. The lame walk. Backs are healed tonight in the name of Jesus. We do not tolerate sickness in the name of Jesus. It's of the devil in the name of Jesus. God's not making us sick to teach us something. In the name of Jesus, we rebuke. Put your hands on your body and rebuke sickness. Just say, I rebuke sickness in my body. I'm not planning on sickness. I'm not getting sicker. I am healed. I'm whole in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Arthritis and shoulders, here, hands, start moving your hands and shoulders. Command the arthritis to leave in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Move your arms. Hallelujah. Don't hit anybody. Hallelujah. Come on. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, begin to praise. Begin to praise God. Begin to lift your voices. Begin to lift your voices. Begin to lift your voices. Begin to lift your voices.
all of our meetings, we give an opportunity to invite friends who don't know Jesus uh, to be forgiven of their sins. In life, we have this mentality, we get what we earn. And on this, God displays his grace to all of us. On the cross, when Christ took our sins and all that he went through, it was on the cross and all of our sins were laid on Christ, your sins and my sins and all the human race. In fact, the Father couldn't even look on the sin. And Jesus says, my God, why have you forsaken me? At that moment, took our sin. And he made it possible for all of us to be pardoned. Tonight, no matter how far you've run, how many things you regret, Christ still beckons us and he says, you come. And it is the love that came from Jesus that comes to us tonight. In a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity just to raise your hand and to say, listen, I, I pray for me. I want to be forgiven. Or maybe you have known the Lord, but you're disconnected from him. You know about him, but he's not real now. Faith is when I step out and I believe what God says. And most of the time I can't understand it fully, but I know it's real. You don't have to leave with your sin. You can come just as you are. I wish I could describe the power of grace, but it's so amazing, it's beyond my mental comprehension and yours. I'm gonna to count to three, and after that, if that's you, just put up your hand, say, Jesus, I want you. He's the Son of God, and he is here. He attends every meeting, and he's here tonight with us. And what we feel tonight is his presence, that he is here. So you can make that choice tonight. Step out in faith. Be courageous. Get out of the darkness. Evil doesn't have to control you anymore. You can say yes to Christ. One, two, three. Throw up a hand. Say, that's me. Do it. Do it. All the building. Put it up. Put it up. I'm going to ask those that raised your hand or didn't walk the aisle. Come right here. Walk. Come right here. Just come and stand right here. Stand right here. Say yes to Jesus. Yes. Come right here. Yes. wonderful to know that Jesus died for all of us. Tonight, I always say this, a person can come and be the most immoral person, filled with all kinds of guilt, and come and stand at an altar and say, Jesus, forgive me. And Christ come into our hearts. He not only forgives us, he makes us righteous like Jesus himself. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 21, he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of him. And you walk away with no guilt. You lay it all in Jesus. Is this, in, look at all these people Wednesday night. <laughs> Some of you are watching online. We have people around the world and some down the street. 
you can pray the prayer. I'm going to ask our church family, if you didn't come, pray the prayer wherever you are. And then right after this, Pastor Dave will slip to the side with you. I want to give you a Bible for two or three minutes. So let's say this prayer together. Jesus, Jesus. I put my faith in you. The Son of God. I confess and believe that God raised Jesus from the dead and He is alive. I turn from my sin. I repent of my sin. I abandon my life to follow Jesus. Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me. Give me your grace the gift of righteousness and eternal life. You prayed the prayer. You're in the family from your heart. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for coming to the Jesus meeting tonight.